our mission at Radical Church, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Our mission is to help people experience the radical love of Jesus. Because how many of you know that the love of Jesus is not any kind of standard love that you would get? It's not a Hollywood kind of love where they get married, they get divorced, they get married to somebody else, they get divorced. No, no, no. That's not the kind of thing. That's not the kind of love we're talking about. This is an eternal, everlasting, unconditional love. It's a radical love that God has for you and for me that he wants to be in relationship with us. Isn't that amazing? The God that created you, that knows everything about you, that has, knows every hair on your head, that knows every inmost thought and feeling that you have within you, God knows all of that. And, and yet there's billions of people in this world and yet he wants to have a personal relationship with you and with me. I think that's amazing. And so that's our mission, is to help people experience that radical love of Jesus. And we're in this series, Deeper, and this is the word that I feel like the Lord gave me for our church going forward in 2022. And initially, uh, last year, our first word that I really feel like I got for our church was harvest. And that was the word for 2021. And we asked that God would bring people to faith in Christ. And it was amazing. God did exactly that. I really felt like that was the word that he had given me. And we saw 53 people saved last year, which is amazing. You put your hands together for that. 21 baptized, had 23 rad groups that started over the course of last year, which was just showing an amazing community that we started. And, you know, harvest, that was the word that God had given me. And what does that word imply? You think about farming and, and, and the harvesting and bringing the crop. We got any farmers out here today? Raise your hand. Are you a farmer? We got anybody out here? Come on, encourage. You. Ain't no farmer. Get out of here, man. <laughs> That boy sells lake houses on LBJ. Come on, dude, get out of here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so no, we got, got any farmers in here today. So that's all right. But you know, in the Bible, there's a lot about farming. There's a lot about working the land, okay? And, and actually at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 8, it introduces this concept. One of the first times that it talks about the seasons that we go through in our lives. It says, as long as earth endures, Genesis 8.22, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. The Lord says, as, as long as this rock is here and we're on it, there will always be these things. And you can attest to that. We have all these different seasons that we go through, but, but what is the harvest time? It says there's seed time and then there is harvest time. Well, every crop, has a life cycle. And there's certain seasons within that life cycle of every crop that determine what action you're gonna be taking at that moment, right? So there's a time to plant the seeds, right? And then there's gonna be a time for you to water it and then you're gonna watch it grow and hopefully get enough sun. And then you're gonna finally see the crop come up and grow into this beautiful thing. And then you're gonna harvest it. And then you're gonna work the ground again, maybe till it and work it again the next year. And there's this cyclical season that happens. and we have been, as a church, in a harvesting season. We've seen all these people come to faith and it's been amazing to see the stories of what God has done in people's lives. I've seen so many people come to the faith because of the ministry of Radical Church and because of what God is doing here in this house and to see the transformation that's happened in them, to see the hope and the joy that has come on people's faces as I can see them learning and growing in their faith has been absolutely incredible. And to be honest, we were in a harvesting season for that whole year. And I feel like that's the word that the Lord gave me. And we were harvesting a, a crop that we didn't even plant. 
And let me tell you what I mean by that. I believe that before we ever even planted this church, God gave me the word radical in 2017. And I believe then for the next three years, before we planted in 2020, that God was preparing hearts, that God was preparing minds, that God was preparing people to receive the word of the Lord through radical church. And I believe that as we came in to plant this church, that once we finally got here, the Holy Spirit was like, hey, I have some people here that are ready. I have some people here that I've already set up and I've adjusted everything in their lives. They got the mailer in the mail. They saw a thing on Facebook. They heard a friend that was on the launch team that invited them to come and then we were able to reap that harvest many of which we did not even plant which is amazing it's incredible as so many people have found God through our church so far but I believe that he's bringing us into a new season there's all kinds of seasons that you might go through in your life and the Bible talks about all of them and, and there's natural seasons that we go through right we're kind of in the middle of a transition of a of an actual season right now of course it is cold today but then like the rest of the week is going to be absolutely beautiful you know that happens on Sunday sometimes it's just like come on we're getting I'm getting up at 6 a.m to go get the trailer and it feels like 22 degrees out here okay and like tomorrow it's like going to be 85 you know how Texas is come on people you know what I'm talking about you're in the middle of this transition of a season but there will all always be spring, summer, fall, winter. And that's what that verse in Genesis 8, says. It will always be there. And that is what we would call a cyclical season. But then there's also another cyclical season that you could uh, relate to probably, which is school in the fall. And then you have the holidays, you have Thanksgiving, you have Christmas, you're gonna see your family, you're gonna eat some good food, you're going into the winter, you're gonna put on some weight so you can hibernate, you know what I mean? Uh, and then you go into uh, the, the winter, you go into the spring, right? And then uh, you go into the summer, you have your vacation and all that, but you have school through there. And so these, these cyclical seasons happens every single year. And even if you don't have any kids in school, your life kind of works around the school calendar sometimes, depending on you know, what field you're in or even just in general, kind of works around the school calendar. But then you also have what's called a linear season, okay? Linear seasons, you might start at one point, you start at point A and you're getting to point B. You start out as an infant, you start as a baby and with your mom, you're getting fed some milk, right? And then uh, you're, you become a child, a toddler, a child, then you become a youth and you have this amazing growth and then you're single throughout this time and then you maybe get married, you go to college, get married, have some kids, then you find a job, maybe you change careers a couple times, whatever it might be, but then you get to the glory days, right? Which is retirement, praise God. How many of you in retirement right now? Come on, y'all the happiest people in this place right now, praise God for you. You get to sit back and enjoy everything that you've done. But listen, the Bible says that there's a time for everything. There's a time for all of these seasons and we do different things within these seasons. In fact, in Ecclesiastes 3, one through eight, it's another passage that kind of refers to the seasons that we go through. I'm gonna read this with you. It'll be on the screen hopefully for you. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing when you didn't take out the trash. Come on, you're gonna be refraining from embracing wives and husbands for a little bit, you know what I'm saying? She ain't going anywhere near you, come on. 
a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to be silent, a time to be silent on Facebook, okay, you know what I'm talking about, a time to be silent, a time to speak, just saying, that's another sermon, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Wow, isn't that timely for what we're going through right now? There's a time for everything. All of these things, what the Bible is saying here is that there will be a time where you will go through just about every single one of these things, right? In some way, shape, or form, maybe you won't end up in a war in your lifetime, but you might end up in a war with a family member, let me tell you. You might end up in a war at your workplace, okay? And there's a time for peace. There's a time uh, for all of these different things. And this is the natural that we go through. The Bible obviously wants to show us, hey, we go through these things in the natural, but also there are seasons in your spiritual life as well. Did you know that? Just as there is cyclical seasons and linear seasons in the natural, it's the same in the spiritual. A cyclical season, maybe for you, might be the dark season. You might have a dark season, which we would maybe equate that with, with winter, okay? So this is a dark season. You ever been through a time where you just feel like you're disconnected from God, right? I just, I can't hear the voice of God. I, I don't feel his leading or his direction, and I, I don't know where I'm going. I don't really know. I'm doubting a lot my faith. I'm doubting God and his plans for me. I'm doubting if I'm even a Christian right now, and you're just like going through all this stuff, and it's just a difficult season, Maybe you lost a family member or a friend during COVID. COVID was a really dark season for a lot of people. It was kind of forced upon us, right? We all kind of went through this together. Some people profited off of it, though, but for the most of us, okay, it was a difficult time. Maybe you're feeling uh, heartbroken because of a relationship or whatever it might be. Maybe you are in a rainy season right now, though we're, we're in this transition into spring right now, okay? And so I would say rainy season would be like the spring. And this is a time of refreshing, right? When, when everything that was dead starts to become green again, right? For me in the natural, that means I'm gonna be out in the lawn a lot more often. I'm gonna be trimming some things because there's just so much growth. It's amazing. And you might feel in a spiritual season that you're growing so much in your relationship with God. You feel like you can hear him clearly. He's giving you new direction, new plans, new growth. He's pouring out his spirit upon you, new ideas, all of this stuff. It is amazing. And then you get into the sunny season. Come on now, where you're just enjoying life. God has been good. You're on the path of that new direction he's given you. The freshness and all that is there and you're just feeling good. You're on vacation spiritually, just having a blast, right? You're at the beach, just enjoying life. But then you might go into another season, which I would call the pruning season. And that would be like the fall, right? Where there's a time when, Maybe some things need to die so that other things can grow later, right? There's some things in you and me that I think we need to cut out of us, right? We need to get out of us so that God can put something new within us. In the same way, when you harvest a crop, right, there's some things left over. You got to get that out of there, out of the way. And you got to completely redo the soil so that God can plant something new in that soil, amen? And so you might be going through a pruning season of getting rid of some things. Some things might need to die so you can have a new life. Those are cyclical seasons you go through in your spiritual life. But there's also a linear season in your spiritual life as well. When you're going from point A to point B, when you first get saved, you would be what? 
an infant, right? You're, you're a baby Christian, as we would call it. Come on, there's some baby Christians here in the place today. You just got saved this last year. Well, we talked about that harvest. Maybe in the last year and a half, you rededicated your life to the Lord. And man, I'm so grateful and thank God every day that there are some people in this place that have given their lives to Jesus at Radical Church and that are here every Sunday and they're giving their lives, they're learning and they're growing. But you might call yourself, hey, I'm a baby Christian. What does that mean? You're like, I know that Jesus died for me, but like, I don't really know much else. <laughs> That's it. I don't really know my Bible very well. I haven't really studied it very much. It's still kind of complicated. Maybe I'm still kind of dealing with some things. You know, I still got some stuff, you know, in my past that I'm still kind of like, you know, messing with a little bit and I'm trying to just get free from these things and I'm growing in my faith, but I'm just really young to them, really new to this. I don't really know a lot of the churchy stuff you talk about. Listen, that's okay. You're a baby Christian. That's great, man. We're going to help you grow into a child or a youth Right? What happens when you become a youth in God? And not, not as an actual like teenager, I'm talking about spiritually, remember. You have this explosive season of growth, right? When you have a two and a three-year-old, they just, they just, woo, they just shoot up real fast, okay? And then they just keep growing and growing and growing. But then you have another explosive season of growth around, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, somewhere around there. Bam, you just grow up. And that is an amazing time, right? I, I know somebody that, uh, that's in this place today, I believe. And, and she was messaging me and Lindsay and a few of our other leaders the other day would definitely consider uh, probably herself, maybe a little bit of a baby Christian, but she messaged us and said something and I, it was so impactful to me. She said, you know what? I, I just wanna let you guys know that I think I really heard the voice of God for the very first time. And I just, it was amazing. I just want to let you know that I heard the voice of God for the first time. And, and that just made my heart so happy. You know why? Because that shows me somebody that is moving out of infancy, moving out of a baby Christian stage and is moving in and is growing up and is having that, that's an explosive moment of growth, right? When you recognize the voice of God for the first time, that's amazing. That's incredible. And I love to see that kind of stuff because that shows maturity, that shows growth, that you're learning and, and all this stuff. It's just amazing. I love to see it. And then hopefully you grow up into this place of what I would call maturity in God, maturity in your faith. And that's where I would hope that all of us are moving toward and going toward in this place today. I want us to be mature where we know who we are. We know who our identity is. We're a son and daughter of God. And, and listen, I'm not, I'm not messing around with those things in my past. I, I've turned away from my past and I'm moving toward God. I am walking on the path that he has for me. Am I gonna mess up a little bit every once in a while? Yes, but I know that there's grace there. I know that I can keep moving forward and I don't have to turn back anymore because I know who God is and I know who I am. Come on, that's an amazing place to be. And then the best part though, is when you get to the last one, which is your legacy. Your legacy. And we're not going to call it retirement, right? Because we don't retire from Jesus. We, we go hard until the day we die for Jesus, right? But, but what are we leaving behind for our kids? What are we leaving behind for our grandkids, if you have any? What about the people that are around you in your workplace, the people that you pray for, the people that are around you constantly? What are you leaving behind spiritually for other people? Because I think it would be an absolute dishonor for me if by the end of my life I get there and the only thing people can talk about is the natural stuff that I did, right? I want people to remember me for my love for God, for my relationship with the Lord, that they learned something from me about God, that I was pulling them out of infancy and out of that baby Christian stage. And I'm saying, hey, why don't you come follow me into maturity with Christ, right? That's the legacy that I wanna leave behind. And I would hope that you would wanna leave that behind as well. The problem is, and I think, you know, this is normal, I suppose, but you can't control 
the cyclical seasons, right? You can't control when spring starts. I'm sorry, Groundhog Day, you know what I mean? You're not, like, you can't control it, okay? It's going to happen when it's going to happen, okay? You can't control winter, spring, summer, fall, any of that. And you might not be able to control the spiritual cyclical seasons as well. The dark season, and maybe you lose a family member and you go into a state of depression and maybe some, there's just nothing you can do about that, right? It's, it's difficult, right? You're going through something hard. Maybe you're in a rainy season and God just speaks something to you and calls you into this rainy season. You can't necessarily always control that. Or the sunny season, the pruning season, those things are gonna happen. They're gonna go back and forth. You might be going from a pruning to a dark, from a dark to a rainy, to a sunny, to a dark, and you might be going back and forth your whole life. But linear seasons, you have some level of control, right? So talking about the natural linear season, you have a little bit of control when you get married, right? You have a little bit of control if you have kids or maybe you don't get married, I don't know. Or maybe uh, you have this job and you take another job. There's, there's little points along that line of life. Some people jump into it early. I know some people that get married at 18, some people that get married at 45 or some people that never get married. You're jumping in at a different time, but you're kind of going along the same path as everybody else. And, it, and you have a little bit of control as to what happens though. So what can you control in your spiritual life? That's what I want to talk about today. And if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is Milk to Meat. From Milk to Meat. And what can you control in your spiritual life? It is this right here. Your growth and maturity through every season. You can control how much you grow and how much you mature, not only in the natural, but in your spiritual walk with God in every season that you go through, right? everything that you go through, you should be able to have some level of control over that because you've probably heard this before, a phrase that, that my dad told me and I'm sure other dads have told their kids before, but life is what? 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to that. It's 10% of what happens to you, 90% of how you respond to it. And maybe that's a little off here and there, I don't know. But listen, the point is, is that life is not just about the things that happen to you, but it's about what you do about the things that happen to you. How am I growing through this season? How am I learning through the things that I'm going through? If I'm going through a hard time, am I growing out of that or am I letting it crush me and am I going backwards, right? Sometimes you take a step back and that's okay. We have to be all right with that. Hey, there's grace in that season. But after that one step back, listen, I'm gonna take two steps forward because God has too much for me than for me to be going backwards, amen? Come on, so we're gonna control our growth and maturity in every season. But I'm sure you know this person. Uh, you know somebody that just refuses to grow up? Come on, you know, you're looking at your spouse right now. I know you are. Like, you just like, you refuse to grow up? Come on, you know there's actually a name for that? It is called the Peter Pan syndrome. Because Peter Pan never wanted to grow up. He always wanted to be a kid. You know this kind of person. I know you do. The person that neglects their household chores. The person that just wants to live in the moment. Has trouble maintaining a job or relationships. And maybe they spend money really unwisely. And then when they do these things, they blame others when things go wrong. It's not my fault. It's, it's their fault. I'm, they're treating me bad. I'm getting, I'm getting persecuted over here, right? And it's like, no, you're just immature. You know what I mean? Like you, you blame others. They're unreliable. They're flaky. When they say they're going to do something, they don't do it. And maybe they have trouble with substance abuse and things like that. And a lot of it is probably just to deal with the stress of being kind of honestly, a child in an adult's body and having to deal with the adult stresses, but not wanting to move into that season, right? Not always, but that is some of that. It's a part of that. 
This is the sibling that you don't trust to watch your kids, right? That crazy uncle, you know what I mean? That's that person, okay? If, if someone's called you the crazy uncle before, this message is for you, praise God. So it's the student that's always failing. It's the man that goes from job to job. It's the woman who's been married 62 and a half times, you know, like just stay with somebody, right? They're just not getting it. And in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, Paul addresses this. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So what is Paul saying right now? Well, Paul is talking about a natural season. Being a child, growing up into a man. But he's using it as a metaphor for a spiritual season, right? He's saying to the Corinthian church, they'd had all kinds of trouble, okay? The Corinthian church was real messed up. Let me just say it right off the bat. Probably the most messed up church that he had to write to was a Corinthian church. That's why he had two letters to them. Come on, he had 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians because one letter did not do the trick, all right? He had to come back to it and say, come on guys, let's keep going. And so they were acting like kids in a lot of ways. He had to talk about even just how to have church because they couldn't figure that out. And he's like, hey, this is the order. This is how we do things. It shouldn't be chaotic. Stop arguing with each other all the time. He just kind of came at him a little bit in Corinthians. And so uh, he's talking to me saying there's two identifiable seasons. There's when you are a child and you think that way, you act that way. You're stealing a pencil from another kid in class. You know what I mean? You're crying all the time. You're whining. And then when you become an adult, you put away those things. He's saying, spiritually, you guys need to put away those old ways of living, those old ways of thinking, and let's move on, okay? Let's grow up a little bit. Let's move into maturity now because I don't want to be doing this. Uh, you know, you guys understand. You know better is what he's trying to say to these people. But he even talks earlier in the letter about having to view them as spiritual children. That's in 1 Corinthians 3, a little bit earlier in that same letter. 1 through 2. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Yikes, that's offensive, right? We're still not ready? You're gonna write to us and tell me, you're gonna tell me that I'm not ready for the meat of the gospel? You're gonna tell me I'm not ready to move on to the more advanced things? That's exactly what Paul is saying here. He's saying you guys still need some milk. And what does this tell me when I'm reading this passage? The first thing that I see, if you wanna write this down, is there is a time for milk. There is a time for milk. Paul understands that you cannot throw people into the deep end of the pool and expect them to swim if they don't know how. You're not going to throw a kid in a deep end. Last week, we even talked about that a little bit, how when you're trying to teach a child how to float, when they're, you know, a toddler or something, you put your hand on their back. You say, just lay down, hold your breath. You know, it's going to be fine. And just look at me. You know, we talked about Peter walking on the water and how he had to look at Jesus and just, just trust me. You teach them how to do that. And then what do you do? You teach them how to maybe kick. That's the first thing they do. Like, hold on here and just start kicking, just start paddling, right? And then you're going to use your hands. Start going like this. And then eventually you put those things together and you start using your hands and your feet. And, but you start them off in the shallow where they can stand even sometimes. I stand on the stairs. I'm going to get a little bit more comfortable. I'm going to go down to another stair. I'm going out another. Now I'm going to start to kind of doggy paddle. We're doing this action, right? And then eventually, once you teach them all those other things, you move them to the deeper end of the pool. And then when they're teenagers, they're doing backflips off of rocks. You know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy what they end up doing. But Paul understands that you can't just throw a kid into the deep end because they will drown. Who is Jesus? What has he done for me? How can I be saved? Like, what's the importance of repentance and faith and 
grace and how does it, what does that even mean and how does that apply to my life? And these are some basic questions about Christianity, right? But these are so important. And until you have the fundamentals down of these things, it wouldn't make sense to move into the deep end of the pool. And this is what Paul is saying. And the Corinthian church could have easily been offended by that, right? And some people get offended here. I'm just gonna be straight up honest with you. Some people get offended because they want church to be all meat and no milk. They want it to be all meat. Like Pastor Tre Trevor's preaching about the cross and salvation again. Ugh, I already know this, right? Nothing new here, right? Heard this a thousand times, right? And it's easy to slip into that, but you gotta think about that for a second. God help us if the message of Jesus and the cross becomes boring. Because the angels, it says in the Bible, for all of eternity, they are throwing themselves down and worshiping and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. And they sing and they praise God. And yet we come into a church service, we're talking about the cross and salvation. And we're just like, man, I already know this. This isn't for me. Yes, it is for you. Because listen, this is the cross and by the name of Jesus is how you were saved, right? Remember the name of Jesus by which you were saved by. Come on, this is something that we should be excited about and let it never be said of Radical Church that we get bored of seeing people finding and following Jesus for the very first time. Come on, that's something that we need to make sure we never get bored of because that's amazing. It says that all of heaven rejoices whenever somebody gets saved. God help us. If he doesn't teach a four-part message on seeing into the spirit realm, I am out of here, right? <laughs> Three keys to unlocking your prophetic gifting, okay? Like, I understand those are good things. Those aren't bad things. I believe in those things. But some people aren't there yet. There's a time for milk for some people. There's a time for fundamentals. There's a time to have people understand their identity and who they are in Christ, and sometimes what I've seen is if you rush into things too quickly, what you end up with is people with a lot of zeal for God that don't know God. People that love his miracles, but not his commands. They love the experience, but they don't love the person. And that's not who I want us to be. Married people, you remember those butterflies, right? Come on now. You remember what I'm talking about. You're like, I still have the butterflies. You lying son of a gun. Come on. <laughs> Don't tell me. <laughs> Maybe some of you do, and that's great. And please, you will be doing our marriage conference uh, coming up in the fall. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm talking about. There's times when you feel that, but you know it's different than when you were in the dating stage and all that stuff. You know it's different, okay? And you have those butterflies when you're dating. And you're just like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. Everything you do is perfect. I remember my wife would always tell me, she's like, you have the voice of an angel. She said that when I would sing, because I was a worship leader and I would, you know, I would sing and, you know, she's like, your voice is amazing. And then a few years into it now, we're five years coming up on six years. She's like, Trevor, will you stop singing? You are so loud over there. I'm trying to get breakfast ready for Oakland. It's in the morning. You're annoying. And I'm like, I thought I was an angel. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I was angelic, you know, thought you liked that. No, but you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you're a few years into it you you the hard times come, the arguments, work, kids, more kids, more work, life, it gets difficult. Maybe you're not feeling as sexy as you used to. You know what I'm saying? We all put on a few pounds as we get older. You know what I mean? Uh, but if your foundation was built off of the feeling and the butterflies and the experience, what do you do? You leave. And that's what I'm talking about when I talk about a Hollywood kind of love. That's what happens. They don't feel it anymore. They're just all going on to the next person because I don't, you know, I don't feel it anymore trying to go from person to person to catch that feeling again. But if your foundation is the person, 
If your foundation is your spouse, it doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter how you feel. And when the honeymoon stage is over, it won't affect you because you're committed to the person, not the feeling. I'm not here to say that you should never have a feeling of love and you should never feel those things. But what I'm saying is your foundation can't be that. It has to be on the person and it has to be on Jesus. Amen. It's the same with God. You might find God and get excited. Oh, I'm just feeling the goosebumps, man. I just, I got saved and I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Uh, you get the goosebumps during worship. But then when the experience wears off, when the times get tough, when you don't feel God anymore, you're like, I'm not hearing his voice as clearly. I'm going through this dark season. What do you do? You're gone because your foundation was built on the experience and the feeling that you had and not on the knowledge of who Jesus is. Amen? That's a big difference. And I see people that they go from church to church chasing that experience. And they go to the next church and they think, well, my old church, man, they just weren't, they, they just didn't have it. You know what I mean? Like they had some problems and stuff, you know, they had some issues. And, uh, and so I'm gonna go to this church now. And you go in and you're like, man, you got the, I'm just feeling the Holy Spirit here. I'm just feeling it. It's amazing. I get the goosebumps when I come into here. This is incredible. Like the Holy Spirit is here. And then you realize that they're just as messed up as your old church was. And then you stop feeling it. And then you start to realize that people are people and they're kind of messy and they mess up every once in a while. And now when you walk in, you're sitting next to somebody that you don't like anymore, right? But you didn't know them at first, so it didn't really matter. But now you're trying to worship and you're just like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm talking about. We've been in this for almost two years. I know some of y'all don't like each other now, okay? Like, it's bound to be here somewhere, okay? We haven't had a lot of drama here, but it's probably about to start sometime. Okay, here we go. You can't have a church. You can't have a church for two years and have no drama, okay? Like I'm just telling you, it's gonna happen at some point, okay? But what do you do with that when it comes? That's the difference between a mature Christian and somebody that's young in their faith. When you have a disagreement with somebody, what are you doing about that? Are you staying or are you running to chase something different? Trying to get that feeling again, going from the next speaker to the next church to the next conference, trying to get that feeling again. And listen, I hear this all the time. Well, I don't, I don't hear it from me personally. Uh, <clears throat> maybe some of y'all think this, but just say, Pastor, I'm just not being fed by your sermons, okay? And I want to talk about that for a second. Because I've heard that from different pastors at mega churches to the smallest of churches and everyone in between, the best speakers and the worst speakers, okay? Every single one of them have heard this at some point in time. Nobody said that to me yet. Uh, so if you're feeling like saying it, don't just leave quietly, okay? Just leave very quietly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but let me, let me address that for a second. I'm not being fed by your sermons. I understand what you're trying to say and I understand that you're trying to learn and you're trying to grow and you wanna get closer to God. But do you know who puts the responsibility of feeding themselves on somebody else? A baby, a baby, okay? Now, if you don't mind, I'm gonna get a little pointed today, okay? I'm gonna get a little, I'm gonna, you know what I'm saying? We're about to go there a little bit. This is for our church family. This is for us here today that want to go deeper, right? If you wanna go deeper, say me. me. Okay then this is for you, all right? Babies, adults feed themselves. You really wanna put your spiritual health in my hands, in my hands alone? Do you want to? Because you know what that says to me is that's lazy and that's demonic. You know why? This is why. It's the main problem facing the American church. And Satan has tricked millions of people 
into spiritual complacency by convincing them that my spiritual development is somebody else's problem. And we have to start to take ownership of our spiritual development. I, you shouldn't rely on just me. Is it great to have a pastor that preaches the word of God? Absolutely. Is it great to be in community with one another and iron sharpens iron and all that stuff? Absolutely, that is amazing. But listen, if you're gonna put your entire spiritual health and your entire spiritual walk in the hands of somebody else, then you're gonna be led wherever they go. And if they don't go the way that God wants you to go, you're gonna be following them on a path that's not the path that God's called you to, go, to walk. You need to take responsibility. People who don't take responsibility for their actions, who are they? They are children, right? And that's why we have to teach them, hey, you have to, take, you have to own what you did. You have to own when you mess up. You have to own when you do good, but you have to own the things that you do in your life, right? Don't put the hands, don't put your spiritual health into somebody else's hands. Listen, I will always try to preach the word of God. I'll always try to give milk. I'll always try to give meat when it's necessary. But listen, get into the word of God for yourself. Get into your prayer closet. You know what spiritual maturity looks like? When you don't need a band to worship. Spiritual maturity looks like when you don't need me to put the words on the screen for you to read your Bible. That's what spiritual maturity looks like. That's what going deeper with the Lord looks like, okay? And this is what I want for us to do. And, I, and not every Sunday is gonna be meat, right? Some Sundays are going to be milk because we will have some Sundays where, man, we'll have people coming in. We're gonna have a lot of fun. We'll have bounty, like Easter, you know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna do like some crazy message on Easter. I'm gonna preach Jesus on Easter, right? And there will be people that will be saved and then they will get into the community and then we can introduce them to the meat of the gospel once they get in here, right? Amen? And so the baby needs to eat sometimes. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. When you have a kid that's maybe, uh, you know, five years old and then you have a newborn baby, and the five-year-old is saying, you know, hey, I need food. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. The baby's crying. The baby's hungry too. And what do you say? I'm sorry. You're going to have to get yourself something right now. Get a snack for yourself because the baby needs to eat. And I have to focus on the baby right now. Hey, can you go make yourself something? Go to the fridge and get some leftovers. Make yourself something. And I believe some of you here today need to hear this word that the Lord is calling you to make yourself a sandwich spiritually. Come on, get into the fridge and make yourself something and quit waiting for somebody else to give it to you, right? So there's a time for milk, learning the basics of God, what he's done for you, turning from sin, finding freedom, all that good stuff. But then, but then, for some of y'all out there, they're like, ah, been in church forever. There's a time for meat, right? There's a time for that too. If you want to write that down, Hebrews 6.1. In the NLT, it says, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. What does this passage say? Now, the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, listen, do we really need to go over this again and again and again, right? For you as an individual, you hopefully should not be having to go over that again and again. In your small group, when you get together in a rad group with people, hopefully you're not doing the same things over and over and over and over again, right? You should be maturing in your faith. You're expected to mature and grow up as you get older. And if you don't, it's weird, right? It's weird. Why can't John hold a job? He just goes from job to job all the time. And Christina is always late and Mark just eats junk food and plays video games all day. I mean, like, what is he doing? It's, it's just weird. You could be 40 years old, like living with your parents, eating pizza rolls in the basement. You know what I mean? That's weird, right? But yet there's people that are 40 years old in their faith who never grow past a child's understanding of God. And we accept it as fine in the church. We really do. We really do. I'm gonna be honest. 
he's a Christian. Yeah, he goes to church. Yeah, he's a Christian. Well, he's watching porn every night. Well, they're coming to church. Well, they aren't serving or giving or getting involved at all. Well, okay, maybe they get involved. She's in a small group now. Great, awesome. She's talking trash about all the people that aren't there. <laughs> Hebrews 6.1 says, no, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. And let me encourage you with this word today. I know it doesn't sound encouraging, right? It doesn't sound encouraging, but this is the most encouraging word I think that I could give somebody in this room today. Somebody needs to hear, for some of you, it is time to grow up in your faith. It's time. Stop putting it off any longer. Stop putting it off. Stop saying, I don't understand my Bible. Stop saying, I don't get this. I don't get that. Listen, find a way, find a person, find somebody, come talk to me. Find somebody in this congregation that you know is farther along than you. Link yourselves to them and say, hey, can you help me? Can you teach me? Get, into, get onto YouTube. I mean, get into your Bible. Whatever you need to do, listen to a podcast, listen to a speaker, find some way to grow in your relationship with the Lord. Get into your prayer closet by yourself. Worship by yourself. Listen, you, some of y'all might be like, well, Pastor Trevor seems really angry today. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Normally he's a lot happier than this and does not preach at me like this. Maybe we should just go somewhere else, right? Honey, I don't, I don't think we should go here anymore. We could go sit in the back. No one will know us. No one will challenge us to grow. We could just keep on sinning and just feel good every Sunday. That, that, you know, that'd be fine for some of you. If that's what you want, this church might not be for you, okay? Because we understand at Radical Church that our mission requires more than milk. You understand? We have a mission to help people find and follow Jesus, to save people from eternal damnation, right? And get them into a place called heaven. But it's not about getting them to heaven. It's about getting heaven into them and having the authority and the power of Jesus within them. And this is an important mission. It's the most important thing you will ever do in your life is to advance the kingdom of God. I know you think that getting married and having kids and all this stuff, that linear season is the most important. Let me tell you, the most important thing you ever do in your life is serve God faithfully. We'll challenge each other to grow. We will hold each other accountable. We will lift each other up. Iron will sharpen iron. And we're not into behavior modification, y'all. We are into soul transformation. Do you understand the difference? I don't need a moral person. You can be a moral person and not be a great Christian, right? You can have good morals. I know a lot of people that have good morals and are not Christians at all. You could say, well, I go to church and I'm not doing the bad things that I used to do. Listen, that's not what it's about. It's about Jesus and the relationship that you have with him and him transforming you from the inside out. That's what being a Christian is all about. Not about you being a moral person, but about you being a person that serves God faithfully. Romans 12, two says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Somebody say transformed. transformed. By the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, as the band comes up, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. The Bible says you are being transformed into the image of God. You're not being transformed into a good person. Does that make sense? There's a very big difference there. If all you're trying to do is to stop doing the bad things that you've been doing in your life, you will never have the authority that Jesus wants you to have. Because you're looking at the problem. You're not looking at Jesus. Get your eyes off the wind and the waves and step out of the boat and get your eyes on Jesus and that's how you will walk on water. Amen? Would everybody stand in this place today?
You're made for more than pure behavior. You're made for more than sharper theology. You are made for more than just having richer emotions and having an experience with the Lord. You're made for so much more than those things individually. God wants all of those things for you. Don't get me wrong, but you are made for the glory of God and you are being transformed into the image of God. So let's move on from the elementary teachings, amen? Let's move into something greater, right? We're not in two plus two equals four, some of us. Some of y'all are in AP calculus now, okay? I have just brought you into the next class. You are moving up. And today you need to make that choice because listen, God's not gonna do it for you. God's not gonna force you to go deeper in your relationship with him. He didn't force you to accept him either, right? He presented himself to you. The Bible says that he actually presents himself to us, but it is your choice whether you accept him or not. But the problem is, is I would hate for you in your life to just get to a point where you say, I know what Jesus did for me. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I really believe that I know where I'm going after I die. I'm going to heaven. This is amazing. But then that's all you do. And you stop there. God has too much planned for you and your life for you to be drinking milk at the kids' table for the rest of your life. When he has a five-course meal planned for you at the adults' table. Come on. You know, it's too close to lunch. I can't be saying that right now. You know what I'm saying? But he has an amazing plan for you. And so many of us are comfortable with sitting at the kids' table, drinking the milk, when listen, he's got so much more for us. So the question I really have for you today is, are you ready to go from milk to meat? Are you ready to go from milk to meat? Somebody say yes. yes. If that's you, somebody say it louder. Yes. yes. I'm ready to go from milk to meat. I don't want to stay where I am at. I want to move forward and mature in my relationship with God. I hope that you're not upset at me, okay? <laughs> because I, I don't normally, I don't get so pointed like this very often, but I feel like every once in a while, right, there's seasons. There's a time for this type of a message. There's a time for encouragement. A few weeks ago, we talked about made for more. You're made for more than this. You're made for more than that. Man, I was just, I, the, the Lord just wanted to encourage you. He just wanted to pump us up. He just wanted to get us ready to go into this series. And then I knew that we were eventually coming to milk to meat when I was gonna say, hey, listen, we've been encouraged. We know our identity now. We know who we are. This is amazing. But now are you ready to make the commitment day in and day out and move forward? And I believe that's what the Lord wants us to do as a church. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I wanna give you the opportunity to say yes to this message and say yes to what God is saying for us. But, but initially what I want right now is there might be somebody here today that needs to say yes to Jesus first. You might be at the very beginning of that linear season of walking with Jesus, the very beginning of the stages of your walk with Christ. You might need to give your life to him today. You might need to rededicate your life to him today. I don't know what that looks like for you, but you're saying, you know what? I want to go on this journey. I want the abundant life that Jesus promises. I don't want to just be a good person, but I want to know God. I want to know the power and authority that comes with knowing God. I want to be able to have peace in every season, in every situation. And I believe that there is a God that loves me. And let me tell you, if you don't believe it right now, it's true. Jesus loved you so much that he died on the cross for you and for your sins. 
And I will never get tired of talking about that because of what he did for me. So if there's somebody in here today, you say, hey, that's, that's me, pastor. I just need to get my life to Jesus today, right now, rededicating her for the first time. Would you just raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. I see you. I see you. Two people. Is there anybody else? Come on. Is there anybody else that wants to give their life to Jesus today? Amen, amen, amen. You can put your hands down. You can put your hands down. We're gonna pray with you in just a second. Keep that in your heart. Now there's some of you out here today that you need to give your life fully over to God. You've given it to him, but not fully, right? You're still a baby Christian, but you're, you're, maybe you're an infant or you're a youth, or maybe you've been in this for a while, but you realize, hey, I still have more to learn. I still have more that I can go deeper with God in. And as we're closing out this series, I would just ask that you would make this commitment today to go deeper with the Lord. Don't stay the same, but be transformed inside and out. And if that's you, you want to be transformed by the power of Jesus. You want to go deeper. You want to go from milk to meat. Would you just put your hand in the air right now? I'm going to see you right now. If that's you, I'm going to go deeper with the Lord. I'm not comfortable. I don't want to, I don't want to be in the same place. I want to move forward. That's you. Hands going up everywhere. Amen, 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 amen. Come on. Would you pray with me? Everybody together right now, let's pray. Say, Jesus, I'm not going to stay the same. I'm done with average. I'm moving on from the milk. I'm going to get some meat. Father, I give my life to you. You are my savior. You are my king. I will serve you first. Thank you for loving me and that you have a plan for me. God, I give you everything that I have. Jesus' mighty name. Would everybody just lift up a shout of praise in this place today for what God is doing, finishing out this series deeper together. I believe we're going deeper with the Lord. I believe that he has more for you and for me than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. And so I'm so grateful for this. And you know, what I wanna do for just a moment is I wanna remind us of what it means to build our lives on the chief cornerstone of Jesus. We're gonna sing this song, I will build my life upon that love. Would you just lift your hands and lift your voice and sing out to Jesus today? Sing this with us, come on. And I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation, and I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be Come on, lift your voice
we're going deeper with you. We're going from milk to meat. We're not satisfied staying where we are, but we are moving forward, God. We're maturing in our faith. We want to hear your voice. We want to follow your leading. We want to reach people for Jesus. We know that our mission, the mission that you have given us, when you said go into all the world, baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. We know that that is our mission. It wasn't just for the disciples, but that's for me. That's for everybody here. And our mission requires more than milk, God. So we are moving forward. We're maturing, God. We're leaving behind the things of our past and we're moving into a right relationship with you. God, we thank you that there is grace for when we fall. We thank you there's grace when we mess up. But God, every single time we take one step back, Lord, would you propel us three steps forward in the name of Jesus by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for what you've done today. Would you seal it in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for worship today. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap. God bless you as you go today. We'll see you next week.